0: Mike, what is the problem with my golf game? Zach, there's no problem. You just suck. Cut line coming your way. When you win the Masters, Green Jacket. When you're crushing a GPP, winning a guaranteed prize pool. The color green. Coincidence? I don't think so. The Masters tournament is so close and the Cutline is excited to break it down. It's our favorite major here at the Cutline and we are going to give you our in-depth analysis of this year's DK player pool. I'm your host, Michael Cavalunas, at Lunas on Twitter. Incredibly excited for the Masters to begin, and I'm just so anxious to start building lineup after lineup for this weekend's tournament. And on the other side of the mic is my man, Mr. Vegas, Zero Iron Zach, Masters Money Making Manafort. Number 18 in your programs, number one in your hearts, Zach Manafort. You can find Zach on Twitter, at eaglesfan 83. And we do want to stress that our DMs are open, so anytime that you have a question, go ahead and shoot us a message on Twitter. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. Zach, how's it going?
1: Oh, it's an excellent night here. I am super pumped to start making some lineups for the Masters. Been going over some of these data points and players and history uh, for the past couple of days since the pricing came out. And I just cannot wait uh, to actually get to a tournament that is one of the, be- the best the best, and the biggest in the PGA
0: my favorite part is looking at the potential winnings that I can have. And and the number just keeps growing and growing and growing. And of course it's like winning the lottery, but you know what? It, one could dream, right? Winning the milli? How many milli entries you got?
1: Right now I'm at five, and I would have had about five more, but just missed a couple extra tickets this weekend. Uh, but hopefully up to 10 or 15 by the time uh, Thursday rolls around if I don't dump all the crowns I just made from the glorious NBA season yeah what a ripoff 25k
0: that's it god basketball's brutal right now all right cut lines here to bring you in depth dk analysis of the masters tournament our first pga major of the year and we will do the best we can to give you the best opportunity to cash on sunday we'll be sure to bring in timely wax greenside sand traps and a putt that might drop in through the back door our goal is to make sure that not only is the grass green, but so is your bankroll on Sunday. And of course, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. If you don't have Fantasy National, well, what the hell are you doing? Anyways, Masters, I'm excited, you're excited. But before we get there, the Valero. How'd you do this week?
1: Uh, Valero was great, man. Sunday was a roller coaster. I came into Sunday looking pretty good, about breaking even. Uh, Corey Connors had an unbelievable six under round, shot me up the leaderboard. I had about twenty five percent of him. I had a lot of Charlie Hoffman, Streelman, and a uh, couple other guys that made it in the like the top ten, top fifteen. Ended up being a great week. I nailed all like the six K guys. Uh, my unfortunate decision that I made was going Ryan Palmer instead of ryan moore uh, which yeah, you would have and been both about a 20 or 30k swing so frustrating but you know can't complain with a positive week and especially right before the masters just helps churn some more entries in some of the 2020 20 entries and i'll definitely definitely jump in a couple of the 150 entries too how was your valero oh god i
0: do not want to talk about it it, it was brutal you know i i just couldn't piece the lineups together right um you know, I had plenty of Palmer to ruin, plenty of lineups, but I also had plenty of more. Um, I just couldn't cut, put it together. You know, I, I started second-guessing myself on Wednesday night and added a couple guys to the player pool, which obviously didn't work out. Um, other players that were heavily weighed on, like Spieth, you know, had that brutal Saturday. But what are you going to do? That's Jordan Spieth nowadays, right? Yeah, but, I,
1: think, I think we both had that issue with Fowler Saturday, too. I was all in on Fowler, and his 73 just crushed it.
0: The worst was... My cash lineups, not a single one, Ah, brutal, uh, disheartening to say the least, it was my first no-show for PGA this year, but anyways, out with the old, in with the new, I'm happy one of us was successful this weekend, but the first majors here, man, the masters, I'm so excited, you know, from Tiger's incredible win in 97, welcome to the show, right, Phil's win in uh, 2004, Tiger's chip in in 2005. The hook that was more crooked than a question mark from Bubba Watson. All, all these moments that are just so tantalizing and, and invigorating for golf. And they always seem to happen at the Masters. It's just something comes, like something amazing always comes out of this tournament, out of every Masters. You know, past winners include Tiger, you know, from this field, Phil, Bubba Watson, Sergio Garcia, Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth, Schwartzel, Zach Johnson. And of course, the old guys that we may or may not roster. You know, soft pricing, amazing field and a lot of golf to be played at Augusta. Zach, what course stats are we looking at here?
1: Man, this is, this is a tough one, and I love it. I was looking at my uh, Fantasy National model from last year, and, and I was really just starting to get into PGA DFS seriously when the Masters came around, uh, and I was looking at some of the stats that I had, and I was like, man, this just doesn't work. This didn't work for me, and, and I remember Masters last year, I didn't have a good a good end end game, so this year I've really retweaked some of the models, and Overall, kind of what I'm looking at, I took a look at the course. Again, uh, as we have all know, it's, it's a tough par 72 on bent grass greens. The, the rough's really non-existent. It's really just a bunch of pine straw here. So driving distance is gonna be a huge, great advantage. Uh, guys that can hit the ball far and set up for good second and third shots are really gonna put themselves in a, at an advantage. Uh, Augusta ranks seventh hardest on the tour as far as difficulty goes. And that's really due to the 41 bunkers and six water hazards that are sprinkled all over the course. So having knowledge and history here and knowing how to play this course is gonna be extremely important. So course history is gonna be something I take a really hard look at, especially when it comes down between one or two guys, is who has, if you're a first time player here, I'm not gonna have any exposure to you. Went back, looked through every statistic I could find, and only three golfers have even won the green jacket here since the event started in 1934, and that includes the inaugural event in 1934. The second time was in 35, and then it only happened one other time in 1979. So looking at the field, there's 15 guys currently out of the 86 that are playing here for the first time. Of those 15, I will have zero exposure to all of them. There's just no upside uh, to these guys winning the event, and it's not worth having them in your lineups. You're going to have a high 6-6 percentage this week, so you're really going to have to differentiate yourself elsewhere. Kind of going to dovetail off that a little bit, uh, a lot of the GPPs we play throughout the PGA season... You really are looking for that sub 1%, sub 2% guy to differentiate your lineups. You look back through all the Millionaire Maker lineups from the last couple of years, and there is no guy who is less owned than 2.7% back in 2016. Every other guy who's been on the winning Millionaire Maker lineup has been over 3%. So you don't need to get crazy here and differentiate your lineups by picking guys that are 6K or 6200 just to make sure you're different. Uh, You can eat the chalk in three or four different places and then just rotate a couple guys through who are five or 6%. So all that being said, uh, the key stats that I'm looking at besides course history, I'm looking at GIR's gain due to the difficult greens and the fast greens here, strokes gains par par four and five, strokes gains off the tee, around the green, and I'm also looking at tee to green. So no real specific stats, I'm really kind of nailed down looking at their overall game uh, as a whole. And then I'm taking that in the mixed condition model and I'm adding in a separate weight uh, for driving distance, their overall form T to green over the last 50. And I'm also putting three putt on bent grass greens that are fast into consideration because uh, the greens could make or break your guys being in the top five or down at the bottom of the barrel, just barely making the cut. Uh, are what I'm looking at. Mike, how do you see it?
0: You know, we agree on a lot of the same things. I'm looking at stroke, strokes gain tee to green, strokes gain off the tee, strokes gain putting, strokes gain approach, stroke gain on par five, and, of course, bogey avoidance. Um, I think a lot of people tend to know how difficult it is to putt here at at Augusta. And I'm always under the belief that I'm not going to wait putting in any model or conditions model that I'm going to utilize. Just because if you're winning any tournament in the PGA, you're putting very well. You know, it's not like you're just getting lucky with a bunch of chip shots. So I, I tend to avoid the putting factor. But I have been looking at it this week more than I usually do, just gonna want to see how putters are are putting on bent greens, and um, you know how they putted recently. I, I think it's a pretty key stat to look at, especially with Augusta and just super fast greens. It's insane. I heard one story one time that to, to prepare for the Masters, Tiger would putt on a hardwood floor just just to get the speed right, which I find insane.
1: That is absolutely nuts. And I, I think I actually saw Phil uh, was posted something on Instagram a couple of days ago where he just dropped a ball at from his waist or something, and it just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. I mean, these greens are fast. Uh, guys that, and that goes to like the first-timers and guys that don't have history on bent grass, fast greens here, like here at Augusta. You really got to know what you're dealing with, or you're going to find yourself in some situations where you're just not going to be able to either make the cut or make like, without three or four putting and just looking silly
0: it's just nice when those putters get
1: hot for the right guys i mean
0: adam scott's one of masters
1: adam right. scott hey. hey adam scott's feeling good coming into this week putting according to him he's, he's more confident than he's ever been yeah who
0: knows which one he's pulling out of the bag which one of nine or whatever he's got <laughs> 15 different putters all right we're gonna move on to our birdie and better analysis where we take our favorite plays from each tier of golfer Hopefully giving you a leg up this weekend. And as being the Masters, we're going to do things a little bit differently. In that 10K range and 9K range, we're going to go over every single golfer in that range and what we like about them, what we dislike about them, who our top plays are. And then from there, we'll go back to our traditional method. we just kind of focusing on the guys we really like in the 7K range and 8, 7, and 6K range. So starting us off, in our 10K range, we are looking at Rory McIlroy. Eleven six, Dustin Johnson at eleven three, Justin Rose at ten eight, Tiger Woods at ten five, Justin Thomas at ten two, and John Rahm at ten thousand. Zach, out of those six, who's your favorite?
1: You know, uh, this was this is a tough one. So I don't think you can go wrong here at the top, especially the top three or four guys. Uh, they're all and they're all right. They've got an elite form to their game. But if I have to choose. Gun to my head, I'm really leaning hard on Dustin Johnson. He ranks number one for Mike Myth condition model. He hasn't finished worse than T10 in the last three years, except for when he didn't play when he fell on the stairs in 2017. Uh, You can't go wrong uh, with him here. The only place he struggles recently is strokes strokes gained approach on fast, bent grass greens. He comes in about 44th, which isn't too great in this field, but he's so elite in driving distance. He's so elite everywhere else in his game. His length off the tee is a huge bonus that will give him an edge on some upper-owned guys. And I think Rory's going to end up coming in as the number one highest-owned guy here. And while you don't need to make a huge differentiating change for the top ownership, I think DJ here is going to be one of the guys I own uh, more than any of the other guys in this range. Well, DJ is going to be popular this week. I mean,
0: he, he finished in 13th in 2013. He missed a cut in 2014. 6th in 2015. 4th in 2016. Of course, Stairgate in 2017. And last year, he finished in 10th. And, you know, his recent form's elite. Um, Hasn't really won anything, but, you know, he's been in plenty of top 10s. But as great as he is, 20 tour wins. But he only has one major, and that was at the U.S. Open in 2016. You know, his best finish here at Augusta was in 2016. That was fourth place. But there are plenty of key stats that I like with Johnson. Third overall in the PGA and bogey avoidance. I think that's key here. You know, the course is tough enough. Fourth overall in strokes, gain tee to green. 14th overall in strokes gained off the tee in the last 50 rounds on bent grass ranks in the top 10 in strokes gained T degree strokes gained T off the tee stroke gained par five putting approach proximity. You name it. He's in the top 10. Needless to say, no one except Rory is close to having numbers like that. I love DJ here, but so does everybody else. But again, you don't have to fade the chalk. limit. I mean, just, there's very limited concerns I have with Dustin Johnson.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing you have to take into consideration is how good he is in the wind. And I and I don't think that's something we touched on earlier, and I think it's extremely important. Uh, looking ahead towards the Thursday-Friday start, I mean, it's still a couple of days early. We're probably going to get some shifting, but it's looking like we might have some extremely high gusts up to 30 miles an hour on Friday and all morning on Thursday. Uh, one of the differentiating factors in this in the Masters this year could easily be the wind. And having the guys that know how to play in the wind and have history of success here uh, could be a great way to set yourself up for success when you're building lineups. Right now, it's looking like the Thursday p.m., Friday a.m. is going to have the best draw with the lowest gusts, but you know that could all shift around. So it's something you really need to keep into consideration as, as the week gets closer to Thursday and seeing where your guys line up on the tee times and, and if they are in the less than favorable draw. If they're not good win players, you may want to reconsider who, who you're rostering. It's a good point to... To let our listeners know. And, and you know what? We're, we're talking about DJ. We might as well
0: go straight to Rory, right? Absolutely. And since the beginning of the season, Rory's only talked about Augusta. It's his main goal. You know, it, it is like the defining aspect of his legacy as a golfer, where, where he rakes on that higher echelon and hierarchy of of all-time greats. You know, the focus is there. The desire is going to be there. It's the only major he hasn't won. And I'm, there's just so many reasons to like Rory. You know, his recent form is elite, six to six cuts. Since the 2013, he's never missed a cut at Augusta. You know he's first overall in the PGA in strokes gained tee to green. He's first in the field in bogey avoidance in the last 50 rounds. And overall in the PGA in qualified stance, he ranks number one in my model. But there's just so much to like about Roy right now, and there's no hiding it. He, he's in the absolute best form. He looks great. Concerns I have: last 24 rounds on bent grass. He's had a difficulty avoiding that right side of the fairway. And if you don't know, playing that right side of the fairway at Augusta makes this course even more difficult. That's something I'm concerned about off the tee. In the last 50 rounds, he ranks second to last in the field in avoiding that right side. And it might be a reason that he's like
1: that number one at Augusta is just so elusive. How do you feel about Rory? Yeah, I'm with you on all those things. I mean, he ranks out as statistically the best golfer in the in the game right now. It's really hard to nitpick and try to find something that I have an issue with him. Uh, the only thing I could see besides what you've already mentioned really is on bent grass, fast greens, he comes on my model, he ranks 20th in GIRs gained and 23rd strokes gained par four. Even that's not bad in this field. I mean, he's definitely an elite golfer. He's never finished worse than T10 at Augusta. So, I mean, everything sets up for him being a runaway favorite to T5 or better. And really, the way he's been playing this year, I mean, he's he's got to be the favorite to win. He's He hasn't come in worse than fourth since the 2019 season started. So, everything about him points to him being the runaway favorite here. I get it. I'll have some. Uh, I'm sure everyone else will, and it'll just be one guy you don't have to compete and have to look at being different elsewhere.
0: What do you think you need to take a stand? Like, I get playing both exposure to like rory and dustin and like 150 man max but what about a 20 max
1: yeah and a 20 max I, I don't know i'll have a lot of rory i think in the in the 150 entries yeah i'll have some because you know got to have some here and there but out of these two i'm going to be heavier on dj and i think uh if as we get further down the list here we'll talk about some other guys but i'm gonna fade rory for the most part i'll have him in a couple deep gpps but other than that i'm, I'm gonna take the stand here all right, not bad. We'll come back
0: to Justin Rose. I want to go straight down to, to our guy Tiger Woods at 10,500. I mean, it's Tiger. He's going to be popular, right? Oh, I mean, for he's sure. the man that made golf as popular as it is today. What's his ownership going to be?
1: I think it'll be about 20%, just like all the guys in the top 5 or 6. I think we'll see if close to if not 20% across the board for most of these guys uh my only issue with tiger you know driving distance he hasn't been that great he's ranking 51st here uh his his putting can be an issue on bent grass greens that are fast i have him ranked 30th for three putt avoid on these types of courses uh for me i just think the name recognition for casual players will be all over him Uh, i'm not going to have any tiger this week that's just that's my stand on tiger
0: i'm really going to do some ownership analysis Because if you can get Tiger at 11%, say, 12%, which I think is incredibly unlikely, by the way. I think you have to take Tiger Woods in your lineups.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, 10%, I think you have to. I mean, looking at the Fantasy National Projected ownership, it's at 12 right now. Uh, It's been creeping up pretty much over the last day or two, and people haven't really even started building lineups yet. Podcasts are still coming out. Uh, I think you'll see that number get close to 15, 20%. And at that level, I'll just go to DJ a little bit higher at the same 20%. Yeah,
0: that makes the most sense, too. He is going to be more than likely around 20, 25%. But one can dream, right? Oh, yeah. Um Key stats for Tiger, he ranks second in the PGA in ball striking in the last 50 rounds. He ranks first in approach on bent grass and in 12th in bogey avoidance in the last 50 rounds on bent grass. It is key to note Tigers could just have ridiculous ownership due to casual players. And it's the Masters. It's what has made Tiger Woods so iconic, other than obviously how great he is as a golfer. But, you know, if you can understand get leverage on Tigers' ownership this week, I think he is in play. But the key is getting reliable data on that. So, uh, I don't know. I. I think when, once I see ownership, that's
1: where I'll make my stand on Tiger. But right now, I agree. I'm a fade.
0: Complete fade.
1: Yeah, I'm so. with you. I have him 17th overall in, in my model, and that's just not good enough to pick a, a top 10 guy when the other guys rank within the top six.
0: No, that makes sense. And, and of this group, he ranks uh, 18th, which is the lowest of these of these top six for me. So um, that's in my private model. But, you know,
1: we're going to move on. We're going to go back up to Justin Rose at 10,800. What do you think about Justin? Man, I love Justin Rose. T14 or better here since 2014. He ranks out number four for me on my mixed condition model when I rank everything together. Uh, he ranks currently fourth for me, strokes gained two degree green under the last 36. Coming in off an eighth at the players. Uh, you know, not too great in, in the match play, but you know, He's well rested i'm not concerned about the gap between his last four round tournament and this one i went back and looked he took the same amount of time off in 2016 before the masters and he finished 10th there so he's definitely got the upside here to to win the event and if not finish within the top 10 and really pay off that salary uh, he's always been dialed in the guy knows how to play he's good he's good in pretty much every type of condition that you can think of uh, for me you know his strokes gain on par fours or a uh, uh, top five uh, he's doing great on GIRs, gaining these type of courses around the green. He's in the 20s. Uh, to me, he's an all-around player that, if he gets hot in any aspect of a game of his game, he'll he'll vault up the leaderboard.
0: Yeah, I mean Rose always seems to play that second fiddle to to the aforementioned, you know John, uh, Johnson and McIlroy. And I'm really surprised that he isn't getting more hype as we roll into the Masters. Granted, it's early; it is early. But you know, history at Augusta, like you mentioned, is fantastic. 12th in 2018, second in 2017. 10th in 2016, second again in 2015, and 14th in 2014. You know, if if you were just to play his weighted grading scale here at Augusta, he's only slightly behind Rory McIlroy since 2013. 7th overall in bogey avoidance, 26th in strokes game T to green. In the last 50 rounds, ranks 8th in strokes game tee to green on bent grass. My biggest concern is that historically he has not been the greatest putter on these bent greens. He ranks 52nd in the last 50 rounds. You know, I like Justin Rose, but we gotta take stands somewhere. Where, yeah, where you, where yeah, you I'm,
1: with, I'm with you. Again, I think it comes down to 10-8, 11-3. I go DJ here. Uh, I, I'm gonna have a big gap between DJ and when I will get to him. But my only other guy in this range is John Rahm. Uh, I don't. I won't have any Woods. I won't have much Rose, uh, and that's. And I won't have any JT at all once we get to him. But, you know, I'm taking a stand here for the most part. It'll be DJ for me uh, with a l- little bit of Rose as a secondary option. But other than that, I'm out on this range. Yeah. Where do you want to go next, Thomas or Rum? Uh, I don't have much to say about Thomas. I am a complete fade here. Out of all the guys in the top in the top 10K and even Ricky, uh, I have no desire to play JT. I'm not impressed with this form uh, coming into the Masters. 35th at the players, the 30th at the Honda. He looked in his peak form right before that and I think he reached that peak a little bit too early. His approach game was struggling and you can't have shares of every 10k guy here this week. So I'm picking a guy to fade. Thomas is out. Uh, I've got no desire in him this week. You're
0: saying like a 35th at the players is terrible.
1: Compare, <laughs> compared to these guys? Absolutely. The other guys in this range, get out of here.
0: I guess. I guess I mean, you know, you know what I mean, though? Like he's the sleeper, right? He's going to be the lowest owned of these guys. 100% certain and he can absolutely win the masters.
1: But you got to look at he's never get done better than T17 in 2018. That's his best finish. And look at the other guys history. They're all T5, won it, uh, come close, runner up. I don't know. I just don't see it. The, the take the risk here on a guy that hasn't shown his ability to to really win the masters, honestly. I just don't see it.
0: Well, you never win a major until you first win a major. And guess what? He did that in 2017 at the PGA Championship. So the pedigree's there. He can ah. win majors. you know. And yes, fine. His best finish tied for 17th in 2018. I get that. But he's played here. He's got experience. And he's an elite golfer. I, I, I think you need some exposure to Justin Thomas. You need a little bit. Even in the 20 max. Because think about it. You don't want to miss out on a guy of that talent that cheap in this field who could win he'll win and you can get him at sub 10 percent
1: ah nope on no interest i'll have zero i can promise you i will have the goose egg for jt I hope, I hope and when he, he misses wins. the cut i will just be happy
0: i hope he wins just to <laughs> rub it in your face <laughs> all right your favorite my favorite johnny rom you know he's being touted as 2019's master's champion as early as january this year and a lot of guys are Really keen on him as a solid pick this week. Rom is interesting, but nothing is more interesting in that. Historically, his best putting surface is bent grass. And a lot of that is due to the fact that he's from Spain, and typically we see a lot of bent grass up there in the northern area of the country. Needless to say, Rom has a lot of experience in putting on this type of surface. You know, there's other great aspects of Rom's game that I really like in the last five rounds. We've seen improvement in his all around game. You know, every statistical category has improved. His recent form is fantastic as he finished 6th at the Valspar and 12th at the Players. In the last 50 rounds, he ranks top 10 in strokes gains off the tee, strokes gain putting, and tee to green. Overall, he ranks 2nd in strokes gain off the tee and 14th in par 5 birdie or better. Now, his best finishes in a major were in 2018 when he finished 4th here as Augusta, as well as 4th in the PGA Championship. Ram has a lot ability here and a lot of capability to win this tournament and plus he's only 10,000 gives you some salary saving to get some uh, pay up elsewhere negative side of rom the mental aspect he is a head case we're all aware of it and personally i hope it throws some ownership down i doubt that it will being his recent form and his recent history but back to that mental game if augusta gets to him he's gonna struggle what do you think about rom
1: yeah, when I first pulled up the model and started running things last week, I loved him. I loved him at 10K. I thought the price was perfect. Uh, he's coming in in great form. He hasn't missed a cut since last August. I mean, the guy is absolutely on fire. Uh, I was hoping he'd be under here with a lot of the t- other 10K guys and Fowler right below him. Uh, but I think, you know, people are going to look past uh, some of the pricing here. I think 10K is a great place to build a balanced lineup where you can start with ROM. And I think we'll see a lot of people doing that. Uh, and, and I'm going to be one of them because I love Rahm, and I think he's great. My concern, with, as you said, is the head case. Uh, if he disagrees with his his caddy like he did at the, I think it was at the Players when his caddy told him to lay up and he just decided, nope, I'm going to go for it. After the guy he was playing with went into the right in the water, made the same hey. shot, went straight in the water. <laughs> yeah, cause he's got a little tin cup in him. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, you got to go for it if you feel like you can go for. it. I love the confidence, but you know, it shook him for the rest of the tournament, and it, and it was obvious that. You know, he fell down to 12th when he had a chance to win the thing. Um, but, you know, we, he's shown his ability to win as coming in fourth here last year. My, my only concern with Rom, besides the head case issue, is, is around the green has been an area where he struggled. Uh, he did pretty well at the Valspar, but the two before that, the players and WGC Mexico, he was losing three and almost one and a half strokes to the field. Uh, around the green is going to be key here, depending on, on where he's driving and where he's setting up from. But... I'm confident he knows the course. He's done well the past two years here. He's coming in in great form. I think he overcomes that. Uh, I'm going to start a lot of my lineups at ROM this week. When I'm not going stars and scrubs, the ones I start balanced will probably be heavily exposed to ROM. I'll be overweight. I love him.
0: Yeah, it's too bad he's going to be looking up at Justin Thomas.
1: You know, you know, he's also a strong wind player. I mean, he might be a head case, but he gains almost two and a half strokes on the field when it's over 13 miles an hour. And, and we could easily see that all weekend long.
0: That's true, that's true. All right, anything left on this uh, 10K range? You want to move on?
1: No, I think uh, that's everybody, right?
0: Yep, we're good. All right, we're going to move down to that 9K range. We're looking at Ricky Fowler at 9,700. Brooks Koepka, 9,500. Bryson DeChambeau at 9,300. Tommy Fleetwood at 9,200. Jason Day at 9,100. And Paul Casey at 9,000. I know you like him, so why don't you start off with him. Let's go with Ricky.
1: Yeah, you know, I was on Ricky uh, all week long. Uh, I've actually recently come off of him. I know his form is great here. He runner-up last year, T11, 2017. Yeah, he missed the cut in 2016, but he had a 12th and a 5th two years before that. So his form, is his course history is great. His recent form, though, is what's kind of frustrating. He's inconsistent, and that's not something I'm looking for uh, in the Masters this year. I mean, he came in 17th at the Valero this week, which I was all over. Uh, He struggled on Saturday. Uh, The players, he was 47th. Honor Palmer, he was 40th. Uh, And the thing that worries me is not so much the off the tee where he was losing strokes the last three weeks, but it's the around the green stuff that really concerns me. Uh, Combining the two together when you're losing strokes off the tee and around the green, uh, you're not going to survive Augusta. I mean, you're not going to be able to set yourself up in the right place off the tee to hit those shots onto these already hard to hit and stick greens. Uh, I'm not in on Ricky this week. Uh, I was originally... uh, Personally, I think I'm going to start with Rom, and then I'm dropping down a little bit further in the 9K ranges. Uh, what do you think about Ricky this week? Well, you're knocking Ricky like
0: he doesn't have a shot. I mean, he's got two top 10s, two top 20s, and only one missed cut since 2013. Uh, I, you, you knock a lot of his games, but the guy's in great form. I mean, it was like a leisure stroll through the Valero this weekend. That's what it felt like anyway. And he was just there prepping for this weekend. I like Ricky, but... You know the one thing I don't like about him, which which is really hard to say, is the fact that he's never won the big tournament. He he never has. Um, 2014, he had all those second place finishes, and that was at the PGA Championship. He was second place. He finished at the second place of the U.S. Open. He finished second place at in the Open Championship in 2014. And I I don't know if he ever recovered from that. It was like some kind of jolt to the system but you know majors have always been his uh his bugaboo needless to say but 26 over on ball striking i like ricky i just don't know where i'm gonna be come wednesday night when i'm doing my final builds
1: in the 150 max absolutely will have him i don't know if he'll make my 20 max yeah I, as a bridesmaid here he's he's not for me I, if it was a if it was the honda if it was a, a low a little bit lower of a stage where he's showing the ability to not to succumb to the pressure yeah sure but for 9700 you got guys that have the pedigree of winning before on masters you got guys cheaper than him that i think have a better shot i don't know for here i'm taking a stand on on ricky i'm not i'm off
0: all right we're gonna move down to brooks Kepka at 9500 get him
1: away ah, I get really him need away
0: to, this is the same thing that happened last year <laughs> at the u.s open we looked at ownership. You can get Brooks Kepka for sub-10%.
1: Why don't you want pieces of him? He's just not playing at the level where he can play. He he's wasn't enough-
0: playing at the level last year when he won the U.S. Open. It's not like everyone was all over
1: him. Yeah, it's different this year. He, he's not he's not the same. I mean, look at this match play. It was awful. Oh, the match play doesn't count. All right. So, okay. Missed cut at the Arnold Palmer. 56 at the Players. Come on. Oh, don't. He... he
0: burn me at the api exactly
1: oh. how how can you say that he's going to crush it here if the last 3 events he's played in he's played like garbage
0: because he's brooks kepka nah you no. act like he's just some slouch in like the 7k range this guy's elite he's got two major titles
1: yeah but we've seen the history show that you come in, in the masters in poor form for the most part you are not going to win it you, you don't are, think you, you, don't you don't think brooks to... makes the cut Oh, I think he'll make the cut, but at 90, what is he, 90, I don't even know what he is, 9,500? No. Yeah, 95. Uh, I don't think, if he makes the cut, sure, yeah, great, but that's not going to do it for you. You need T20, T10 for 9,500.
0: He just seems like that guy to me that needs that extra kick and motivation, and the Masters is perfect for it. He couldn't play last year because of the injury, but the year before, he finished 11th. He did. year before that, 21st you know i mean the trends going the right way 33rd 21st 11th i like that concept of it um you know other stats that i like you know he ranks 26th in my fantasy national model which which is concerning because that's more in the middle but he is 11th in the field in strokes gain off the tee 19th in the field in strokes gain putting over the last 50 rounds so those are some things that i do like he struggles with bogey avoidance, and and that would be concerning for me as I do my final builds because you need to be able to overcome your mistakes at Augusta, and I'm not sure if he's able to do that. Also, his approach game is a little bit questionable and iffy at times.
1: Yeah, and I have him at, for three-putt avoidance over the last 50 rounds. I have him 56th, so at that price, I mean, there's guys that are better than him across the board. I, I don't know. I, I know Brooks is an elite golfer. I know he's shown in the past that he can come back from – a terrible form and turn it on in a major uh this week you don't have to be risky at this at, up at these upper echelons to win uh, in your lineups I'm, I'm just not going there this week
0: all right we're gonna go down a bryson DeChambeau. what do you you like bryson yes no it's 9300
1: uh, nah you know no i don't t38 last year 21st and 2016 uh he just doesn't he doesn't jump off the charts for me he has an issue he's even worse than brooks when it comes to three putt avoidance on on bent grass, fast greens 67th in the field uh he's not he ranks 31st in driving distance um you know i have him overall in my whole model 36 so not a terrible choice uh but for someone i'm paying 9300 for um uh, i'm not in on him at all and that's mainly because i've been on tommy fleetwood at at 92 you got to choose one i'm, a, I'm on fleetwood yeah, so is everybody else. And that's fine. I'll eat the chalk there. Yeah. I'm kind of curious is if, if he'll get in his own
0: head this week. I mean, like, he tries to dissect every single thing, which I love about his game. I actually respect that part of it, that he wants to gain that edge. And, and you know, it's something that we do in DFS. You know, we're always looking for that leg up on the competition. So that is something that I like to see from DeShambeau. I am worried about his approach and proximity. Is he able to get the ball in the right spots on the green to, to limit you know, any putting disadvantages? Because we know that sometimes the best shot is not the one that's headed straight for the hole, but the one that's five feet in front. So it's unique to Augusta, um, and it's something he's going to need to figure out. I am, I am going to be excited to watch him. I don't know how much Bryson I'll have, but I am going to be excited to watch him. That's for sure, but yeah, we'll go down to Tommy Fleetwood, and and I absolutely love Fleetwood in this spot. And this is just the chalk I'm willing to eat. You know, even the fact that he's 9,200, it seems like he's, it's a steal for the early pricing for the Masters. You know, over the last 20 rounds, he's improved in every facet of his game. He's incredible form. He finished 17th last year. Uh, his most impressive stat is the fact that he's fifth in strokes gained tee to green. Biggest concern with Tommy, and it's a big one. It's huge. He doesn't have a win on the PGA Tour. His best finish was second place at last year's U.S. Open, and I get that they're pros. I understand that. It's a different mental game when they're playing. But is he really going to get his first win at
1: Augusta National? I I don't know. Yeah, that does concern me. The lack of a win is an issue, and as we've seen – at most Masters champions either have a win or a runner-up in the calendar year before they they put on the green jacket at the end of at the end of the Masters. So yeah, it's concerning, uh, but at the same time, you know, his high his high finishes have been in majors. I mean, the second at the U.S. Open, as you mentioned, he came in fourth, I believe, at the U.S. Open in seventeen. Uh, so you know, he's not going to succumb to the pressure. If he puts himself in position uh, the right way this week, I think we'll see him at the top of the leaderboard. I mean, you look at his form. You know, I, I like him under the ownership perspective that, you know, he's probably going to be chalk. Uh, but if you, you're taking guys that are solely good on a lot of course history, he's only played here twice, only made the cut once, which was last year with the T-17. Uh, but he's coming in off, off a great form and a bunch of tough fields. Fifth at the players, third at the API, 19th at WGC Mexico. He ranks sixth in strokes game-tied green for me. Uh, in my overall mixed condition model, he ranks fifth. Uh, and then not even taking in the win part of the game. I mean, if we see the winds really ripping apart Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Fleetwood's a great win player. He's one of the best in the game when it's at, when it's above 15 miles an hour, getting almost two strokes on the field. Um, you know, this could be the thing that sets Fleetwood apart from finishing third and fifth uh, to finish, to winning it and putting the green jacket on. I mean, if it's the winds picking up, uh, we may see a little bit different scoring than we've seen in the past couple of years. Uh, I'm all over Fleetwood. If I have a balanced lineup, it's going to start. Uh, with Fleetwood
0: I think everyone's going to be all over Fleetwood he was 30% owned in GPP at the players 30% owned at at Mexico I mean if he's 30% owned at at the Masters it it almost warrants fading him considering he's never won anything on the PGA Tour and I get it he might finish in second third and, and at that price it pays off but you want the winner when you're rostering Tommy Fleetwood and You do got a question if he's going to finish. One key stat that I like about Fleetwood, though, was his uh, strokes gained on par fives over the last 50 rounds of mint greens. You know, he ranks seventh in my mixed condition model, which which is pretty impressive with the field. 13th overall. So I like Fleetwood. You like Fleetwood. How much we'll have him, we'll see. Still early in the week. But we're going to move on to Jason Day at 9100. What can you say about Jason Day?
1: Yeah, Jason Day is one of those guys that course history shows that he's Steady, a t- T20 finisher. I mean, he's only finished above T20 once in the past five years when it was 2016. Uh, he's uh, he's one of those guys where, you know, he burned me early on in the year uh, when he had his withdrawal. I didn't have a whole lot of them. Uh, so, you know, my recency bias, I faded him pretty much the rest of the, up until this point. Uh, for me, he ranks out 24th. His stats aren't terrible. I mean, Strokes gained par 5, he's 7th. Par 4, he's 14th. T to green, 21st. Around the green, 13th. Uh, my issue with Jason Day on, on bent grass, fast greens, is he's 39th in G.I.R. Is gained, and to me, that's not going to do it for a guy who's who's 9,100. Uh, I'm going to take the step up to Fleetwood here. Uh, I just think, course history-wise and form-wise, that Fleetwood's the better play over Day, uh, and if you don't want to play Day, you drop down to Casey, um, who's just an all-around better player in this type of course, too. Uh, I could see the ownership fade here, going Day to get to the lower own, but... To me, I don't think you need to go there in the 9K range. Uh, I kind of agree with you, but that leverage is so enticing with Jason Day, especially
0: his ability. He has been very inconsistent lately. But, damn, I do want to roster him. You know, from an ownership position, it's just so much leverage if you throw him at least in one or two lineups, especially in the 20 max. You know, And he gets a top-five finish. That's going to be big money for you if you get six through. You know, over overall, he's sixth in he's sixth overall in strokes gain T degree, or sorry, gain off the T. So, I, I I think you have to throw him in at least a lineup in in the twenty max.
1: I just guess you got. I just got to depend on where you're taking your stand because you can't pivot on every on every range here. Right. To me, to me, I'm making my pivots down in the eight K and the seven K range. Uh, I'll take the chalk. Uh, hope the guys end up how we grade them, and then I think in the. And the AK is where the games won.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, recent you know the recent cut at the Valspar is concerning, but I I really want to chalk that up to lack of interest, because he did finish eighth at the Players and and, and just he just has that pedigree to win the Masters. You know, one last thing: Jason Day's worst finish since 2013 is 28th. I, that that's something to talk about because you're getting a return on your investment in Jason Day.
1: Yeah, but at the, at that at that price, you need. T five or or better, but he you can can't, get it. You can't roster guys in the nine k that are going to finish in the twenty in the twenties.
0: How are you going to guarantee that anyone in the nine k is going to finish in the
1: top twenty? Well, based on Jason Day's history, that's all he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to Paul
0: Casey at nine thousand. Everyone, and I mean everyone, is going to be all over Paul Casey. You know the numbers are there. His course history is excellent. He ranks sixth in my fancy national model second in proximity, third in approach. He's excellent putter on bet greens. You know, it's it's chalk. It's chalk city. The chalk wants me to like is pushing me away cuz that's just my nature, like fade 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 fade, but I got to have some Casey at 9,000. You know, his 9,000 price is going to garner so much ownership, but he's that good lately. How do you feel about Casey?
1: Yeah, my hands are covered in chalk at this point because I'm on Casey all day. Uh, he's coming in. I mean, 9K and he just coming off a win. He's he's confident as hell coming off the Valspar. Uh, I can't fade him. I've looked for a way to do it. Uh, his around the green game was having me almost there uh, until he won the Valspar and just turned it around. Uh, he's on fire. I mean, the guy is just playing at the top of his game, and he's got the course history here to show that he can repeat and win this thing. Uh, there's there's just no reason for me to fade casey here i'll be i'll match the field here and probably maybe be overweight yeah paul casey in
0: 2015 had sixth place 2016 fourth place 2017 sixth place and last year a little hiccup when he finished outside the top 10 with a 15th place finish but paul casey is rolling on all cylinders here and i agree you know Though you do have to take stands, I don't think Casey's one you want to necessarily fade. Um, so moving on, we're going to go down to that 8K range. Uh, well, before we do that, any wrap up anything left in the uh, 9K range? Any any last
1: tidbits, nuggets, comments? Uh, no, I, I, think, I, I think it's interesting where we disagree on some of the pivots. And it'll be an interesting experiment to see how Brooks does coming out of this week. And the more you talked about it, you kind of have me leading a little back to, towards not a full fade of, of Brooks, but you know I'll have to look into it more. I, I just can't do it. I, I I think it's your build. You know if you're going to do the twenty max, you're
0: going to have to make hard stands. If you're in the hundred fifty max, why, why not have pieces of everyone, at least at a, at a certain weight of what you feel comfortable with? because um, you know when we get down there, I, I don't know how many six thousand dollar guys I want, but i just think in the 150 max it makes sense and um you know we'll we'll see how builds end up on wednesday but it, it's something to think about as we get closer to 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 tee off on thursday
1: yeah no i'm with you it's going to be an interesting monday tuesday wednesday here as, as we start seeing some of the articles come out and some of the po- more podcasts come out see who gets talked up to really shift things around and then throw the wind into it and builds can change so much between now and Wednesday. It'll be really interesting. absolutely.
0: All right. We're going to go to the eight K range where we have Jordan Spieth at 8,900, Bubba Watson at 8,800, Hideki Matsuyama at 8,700, Molinari at 8,600, Shoffley at 8,500, Adam Scott, 8,400, Phil at 83, Finau at 82, Oost, your boy at 8,100, and
1: Patrick Reed at 8,000. Who do you like in this range? So I got three that I'm really looking at this week, and my first one is at 8,700. Mr. Matsuyama, uh, he's going to be a core option for me coming out of the Masters. Great form, despite going one, one, and one in the match play. He got eighth in the players, uh, looking real dialed in on his approach game, which is going to be key here. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about with Matsuyama is his putting game. is he could just bleed and bleed and bleed away, um, if he can get it dialed in, or at least meet the uh, match the field and not lose strokes. Matsuyama's going to put himself in a great position to really win this thing Uh, he's got great course history here 19th last year t11 in 2017 t7 in 2016 and fifth in 2015 Um, 8700 you got a guy who's got top five experience or better with an even a chance to win this thing yeah i'm all in on Matsuyama this week yeah especially at 8700 and i think
0: everyone loves mats here How can he not? He's great great recent form, great course history. It just seems that it's his year to shine. Big narrative alert, though. And, Zach, you know that I do hate narratives. But no one from Japan has ever won a Masters. He would be number one. He would be the first. So there would be a little bit added pressure on Sunday if Mats is competing for a win. So... Put that in your back pocket. If you believe in those narratives, which I don't. Um, I did want to mention that, though, to everyone. But, um, you know, his putting, though, on Bent Greens is average. It's not bad. It's average. But I think the most impressive aspect in the last 50 rounds is that he's first in proximity on Bent Greens. Love his approach game here. Love his game here. He's sixth overall in my private model. And in major finishes, he's finished in the top 10 in all four majors. So he does have that top five, top 10 pedigree. And eventually, Matts should get a major victory. Why not get it this week at the Masters? Anything else about Matts you want to mention?
1: No, you, you captured it all. I think that, that's a great rundown. And I'm not scared from the Japan narrative either. All right. One of my favorite plays in
0: the 8K range is Adam Scott. And I know we kinda of already mentioned him at the beginning, but you just need pieces of Adam Scott because if that putter gets hot, he can win the Masters Championship. He won in twenty thirteen and you know he's had a variety of other finishes throughout the years. But I just hope he pulls the right putter out of the back this weekend. You know, he's eleventh in the field in strokes gained T to Green in the last fifty rounds on bent greens. And overall he's fifth in par five and birdie or better. But that putter is so frightening. And he's going to use that club more than any club this weekend. But people just hate rostering Adam Scott. I think he's a leverage play. He could even be a leverage play in the Millie. He's got the successful past here. He likes this course. Uh, And Just a quick little nugget. His strokes game putting has been positive every tournament he's played since January. But it's play around the green that has cost him severely. It isn't the putter that's costing Adam Scott at this time. How do you feel about Scott?
1: You know, former, he won it in 2013. I mean, he's got the ability to do it. Uh, you're right on all accounts. I mean, Adam Scott has been great. He's coming in, his putting, as you mentioned, his three-putter thing drives me nuts, man. I was reading some article on him the other day, and he's confident in every single putter in his bag. Uh, he loves having the flag stick in. He, it depends on what putter he's going to use. Uh, he says he's been in the best putting form of his life coming into the Masters. So take that for what you will. Um his issue is going to be the, uh, around the green. If he can get that and get on the green and his putting is actually falling the way he thinks it is, he's easily going to have a shot to win this thing. And at his price? Yeah. Yeah, you got to have a piece of him. I feel
0: it's a cliche every every golfer has to talk about how great they feel on the greens even if they
1: suck. But all right, who else you got in the 8k range? Uh, for me, I'm going to a guy that I had last year. I was all over until the par-3 contest when, it, I swear to God, everyone thought he broke his ankle and wasn't going to play. Uh, Tony Finau. And the dude is just in amazing form. For me, he ranks out 7th uh, overall in my mixed condition model. He's 5th game strokes gain par five, fourth off the tee, 4th in strokes game par-4, 10th strokes gain two to green, 36 around the green, which isn't terrible. Um, to me, Tony Finau is, is an absolute monster. Uh, for this course. He's way too cheap for 8,200 coming off a T10 last year. Uh, He's prepared for this course. He's ready. He's in great form. Uh, If he can do a little bit better than where he's at around the green and not lose strokes like he has over the last three events, he's going to crush it. Uh, I'm in on Tony Finau. He's going to be one of my core plays this week.
0: Well, Finau at 8,200 is a steal. I mean, he, he averages 82 DK points I mean, and, and plus, oh, man, that ankle injury last year. I thought they were going to, not literally, but I thought they were just gonna cut off his leg. Like, it was so gross and nasty to watch. And I also said, what a dumbass. Why are you celebrating right now for an injury like that? But, you know, that, that's in the past. I think he learned his life. I hope he celebrates this week just, you know, to put the demons to rest. But most impressive overall stat for me for Finau is he's 32nd in par 5, birdie or better. And in addition to that, though, I am concerned about his Tita Green game. He's 40th overall, so that that, that kind of is like a red flag. I, I don't know if I want to go that low on a Tita Green guy, but he does have the course history here. How much is Finau going to be owned? Because his name is just—it's just, just kind of part of DFS lore. You have to roster Tony Finau, especially if you're a casual player. You you recognize Tony Finau. What do you think? Yeah,
1: you're, yeah, you're right. And you know, glancing over at the pro, the projected ownership right now, this early in the week, has them at fifteen and a half percent. Yeah, I'm sure that number gets over twenty, and we'll probably see close to twenty five. Uh, I can see fading him here because in the eight k range, especially this low, uh, going different here and having the right pivot is what's going to set your lineups apart. Um, so I get the fade; it makes sense. Um, but I'm going to be at, at the field on fee now. Are you concerned at all about the 61st at the Valera? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'll the, write that he, he
0: lost strokes in putting, off
1: the tee, total.
0: It was bad. And, you know, at the players, he, he lost strokes around the green in the approach game. Um, just kind of doesn't seem like it's really together at the moment.
1: If we're going to make an argument to fade Fina. No, you know? you're right. I mean, yeah, it's not... It's not looking good for him, but I mean, there, he's one of those guys that can overcome that. He's lost strokes before around the green. Um, back in the Tour Championship and the BMW Championship, he was losing strokes around the green, and then he came came back and finished second in the WGC HSBC. Um, so we know that he can turn it around and get it back for a major event. Um, going back to the U.S. Open, uh, he had missed the cut, the, the tournament before that at St. Jude, and then came around and, and turned into fifth at the U.S. Open. Uh, so i'm not as concerned with that for 8100 i feel like he makes the cut here um i mean he made the cut last year with god his ankle must have been in like held together with duct tape Uh, i think he does it here i I think he makes the cut i think he finishes well Um, i'm still on him i'm not worried all right well you know where we're going next
0: right oh you know where we're going uh mr jordan spieth at Ah. 8900 yes Boo. boo i thought we were going one lower (laughs) <laughs> oh, not yet, not yet. We'll go, we'll go one lower later. But another mixed bag for this weekend for Spieth. You know, dominated the first two rounds, and Saturday and Sunday where that awful stroll for Spieth. I'm not sure what Jordan Spieth were going to get at Augusta. I really don't. You know, his putting was excellent, but his performance off the tee was abysmal. He only hit thirty. He only hit the fairway 36 percent of the time at the Valero. And still made the cut. I'm like, what? what is going on here? But there's so much course history at Augusta. Four top fives, 11th place in 2017. That is his course history at, at the Masters. You know, we ran into some bad luck at the players. I really thought he was going to make that cut till, till that ball hit that lady's foot. <laughs> and he had to take a drop. But, but he really showed some teeth, you know, this weekend finishing 7-under. His putting's improved. He's off the tee. is a concern. And it's been really bad because if you're off, if you're bad off the tee at Augusta, you're just not going to win. Um, let's just hope he's not hitting, you know, fat shots on par threes that are costing him like six strokes. But that's for another story. Jordan, yeah, Spieth, yes or
1: no? Yeah, no, for me. And I'm, I'm in the camp of the, the old Twitter adage. I will roster Jordan's. I will not roster Jordan Spieth at the Masters. I will not roster Jordan Spieth at the Masters. And then I open up his course history, and I'm like how do you fade Jordan's piece at the masters? The dude has just phenomenal results. But for me, I've been off Speeth week after week after week. I just don't think he's the same player. He was the past five or six years for me until he can show cons- some sort of consistency. Uh, I'm off of him. 8,900 is just too much for me. Uh, he's just right below all the other guys that are just consistent and showing the ability to win. I mean, 8,900 for speed 9,000 for Casey. I'm on Casey 9,300 for Fleetwood. I'm on Fleetwood. Uh, I just don't see any way... And I didn't even look, you got Molinari 200 less than him. Yeah, no thanks for me. Until he shows that he's any like shape, way, shape, form of his old self, I want no Speeth. But don't you want speeth when he finds it? Yeah, but we've been saying that for weeks, and he still hasn't found it. So what? And he's not what going are they to find it, at, it. He's not going to find it here. I'll say it again. I said it the last three weeks. He's not going to find it here either. You want to bet? It's, it's bad... <laughs> i love it i welcome it will he beat his ninth at the at the open in 2018 oh you got to give me more than that i mean in his current form he's
0: terrible dude he's like you can't roster him if he's not going to finish better than average average to the field he's still minus in terms of scoring it's like negative 3.9 he's
1: bad so why would would you why would you roster him if he can't finish better than 10th why would you roster him
0: it's jordan speed dude
1: no I'll take any bet you want, T10 or worse.
0: T10? You're going to give me 10? You're so confident. Give me 20. <laughs> 20 is not going to get you a GPP win. No, it's not, but it's going to get me like 50 bucks from you. <laughs> I'll
1: give you 10. T10. I'll even give you a T. Do I get the hook? Sure. I
0: don't even know we can get a hook in the place. All right, whatever. <laughs> I'll take Jordan Speed. All right, we're going to go uh, go down to Bubba Watson, 8,800. I know you love him. Past history, winner here twice. Bubba Watson is 24th overall in strokes gained tee to green. Recent form has actually been quietly great. Fourth at the Valspar, had a hiccup at the players, but still made the cut. 17th at the Palmer Invitational, 27th at WGC Mexico. You know, his course history, in my opinion, is, you know, win or make the cut and finish in the 30s. But Bubba Watson just fits that course when his game's on. What do you think about Bubba?
1: Yeah, Bubba's a great, great fit here. Uh, I'm not on him this week, mainly because I'm on Matsuyama, uh, Molinari below him, and Casey above him. But there is no. If you're not playing either of those guys, you have to go to Watson, and he's shown the ability to win here. And I've got nothing bad to say about him at all.
0: All right, where do you want to go next?
1: You know, I'm dropping all the way down, all the way down to my man, Louie Louie, Oostie Oostie. Uh, I've been on him all for weeks now, and I'm not stopping here. Uh, he's not missed a cut here in the last five years, and three of those were T19 or better. And for 8100, yeah, you, got, you have to have him. You need that, him. that putter to stay hot. That's it. That's all you need. He's coming off a great match play. Uh, he's second at the Valspar. Uh, he should come in brewing with confidence here. Uh, he came into the Masters last year after missing cuts. Actually, uh, the last two of the three years, he came into the Masters after missing cuts and still did well. I don't even know what he's going to do this year, but he's coming in playing way better than he ever has before. Um, I think he'll come in with com- with confidence. He'll be draining putts left and right. Uh, I'm going to be double or triple, whatever the expected ownership is as of Wednesday. The only way I'm coming off of him and I still don't think I'm coming off of him 100%, is if he's going to draw the worst tee time because he just, while he's not losing strokes in super windy conditions, he's not the best. He's only gaining like 0.3 strokes per round uh, on on winds over 15 miles an hour. So that's my only hesitation is if the wind is too much for his tee time. But other than that, I will be at least double the the field on him. Yeah, just to reiterate, make sure you guys focus on that weather. Um, It could be a
0: key... Aspect in your lineup bills but yeah, I'm on Louis too. I like him; he is hot. You know, I've been using him ever since you started touting him a few weeks ago. You know, he's made us plenty of money, so we're happy about that. uh One last guy I want to mention in this $8,000 range is Xander. You know, he played the Masters last year; he finished in 50th. But you know, his recent form is pretty impressive. Over the last 20 yard, 20 rounds, he's improved in every strokes gain category. You know, he's an exceptional putter on bent greens. He's 13th overall in strokes gained T to green. Now, he did miss the cut at the players. I, I don't know how to weigh that, measure that, see if that's a flaw in his game or it, has he lost something recently. So I, I think he's someone that you might want to consider in those 150 max. Not quite sure you want to throw him
1: those 20 max. So,
0: Anything else you want to mention? That's 8K range. Anybody else?
1: No, yeah, my fade is Xander for the k range for me. Just really his three-putt struggles on these type of courses kind of concerned me. Uh, he ranks pretty low for me. And then that miscut at the players, like you mentioned, I don't know. I, I looked back, you know, at last year's Masters for him, coming off the WCG Mexico was the event he played beforehand. Uh, he did pretty well there. I think he got, uh, what was it, 18th? Um, let me scroll real quick and find out. Yeah, 18th at WCG Mexico and then only finished 50th at the Masters, and he was in real good form coming into last year. Um, So on the recent form, yeah, I'm just pushing away for 8500 for him. That makes sense. All right, we're going to go down in the 7K range, and the 7K range is
0: quite fun and quite interesting. Let me pull them up. Um, As we look at the 7K range, we're looking at golfers. uh, Sorry about that. We're looking at Matt Kucher, seventy-nine hundred; Leishman, seventy-eight hundred; Cantley seventy-seven hundred; Garcia, seventy-seven hundred; Poulter at seventy-six hundred; Sensen at seventy-six hundred; Woodland, seventy-five; RCB at seventy-five. Oh, the match play! Cameron Smith at <laughs> seventy-four; Webb Smith at se- Simpson at seventy-four; Fitzy at seventy-three; Pepperell at seventy-three; Schwartzel at seventy-three sneds at 72 we can go on and on and on down to seven
1: let let's just start with some of the guys you like take it away so Kucher got you gotta have Kucher. He's, he's, he's gonna, gonna, gonna be chalked he's gonna be i'll eat him i'll eat the chalk all day long i mean i honestly thought he was taking this week off and then he doesn't he really looked focused comes in t7 uh coming off the second at the match play i mean he's cruising his way through the weekend today i'm gonna be extremely overweight overweight here uh and look at his course history. He hasn't missed a cut here in the last five years. I mean, he's in phenomenal form. In three uh, top tens. Yeah, and three. T- yeah, exactly. In three top tens. I mean, for 7,900, you got a guy who could potentially win the event coming in the form he is. Uh, oh, and then you look at uh, just pulling up his win stats here. That 1.85 strokes gained and conditions over 15 miles an hour. Uh, depending where he falls, he could be in a great spot to really capitalize on the weekend weather if it's crazy i'm an on i'll eat the chalk what you think
0: yeah he's fourth overall in my personal model he's fourth overall in ball striking he's 14th overall in strokes getting t to green he's third in bogey avoidance in the last 50 rounds now he's lost strokes putting in the last 10 rounds and that kind of concerns me but i know it's not to say i'll be all to say let's fade him but his seventh place to the valero is going to get him a lot of ownership especially that price like he is, he, he could quite possibly be the highest-owned golfer in cash and GPPs, and, and he's an elite cash game player. I'm going to tell you guys that now if you are playing cash this weekend. But at 7,900, Kucher, I think you've got to eat this chalk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you have to. You just have to.
0: All right. Uh, next guy I want to mention is Gary Woodland, 7,500. Now, his best finish in the Masters was 24th in 2011. In three of the last four years, he missed the cut. One of those years, he didn't even play in the Masters. So his history is really against Woodland here. But I do like his tee to green game. Overall, he's seventh in PGA right now. But I'm a little concerned about his recent form. He seems to be losing that edge. Right now, he's someone in my consideration pool where I may or may not roster him. I haven't completely made the decision to fade him yet. But he's, he's just someone that interests me. Being that he he's only seventy five hundred and it, and and some of that recent form has looked pretty good. What do you think about Woodland?
1: You know, Woodland for me ranks up there on my model. I have him overall number six in my mixed condition model, which really, uh, you know, I've been saying trust the model, trust the model, trust the model, and it's been working for me for me so far. But the course history here, just I don't know, cut after cut after cut. Well, it's the putting. You know the It is. It, hot. it is, and his putter hasn't. It hasn't been. Uh, he lost two point two at the Valspar, two at the Players, three and a half at Honda. Uh, his putter has just been awful. Uh, for me, he's not really in the best form coming into this, although the model indicates that he is, uh, which is crazy. Uh, and I just worry that you know he's going to be the guy that everyone talks up because he ranks out so well, grades out so well, and then he burns everyone by missing the cut. Um, I'm still on the fence on him. It's going to come down to tee times for Woodland for me, again, on on the weather. He's not a strong wind player. Uh, So if he ends up in in a bad tee time, which I hope he does, that'll allow me just to cut him from the pool and move on. Um, So I'm on the fence. I could see why you'd roster him at this price, but I I don't want to. All right, where do you want to go next? You know, for me, it's going to be another previous champion, Sergio Garcia at 7,700. Strong wind player, knows the course. In great form, lost the quarterfinals in the match play to Kucher. Uh, although he missed the cut here in 2018, he sets up well across the board in all the stats. Uh, at 7,700, you can work him into both the Stars and Scrubs approach or balanced lineup. Uh, for me, I'm all over Sergio this week. I think he will be one, if not one of my top five highest owned players. He ranks out 13th overall for me in my mixed condition model. Uh, his 3 his three-pot avoidance has been great. He ranks out 9th on Bent Grass Fast Greens. Uh, and overall, and the rest of the stats, ranks top 20 or better for me. I I, I see no way I can fade him at 7,700.
0: I will say this, that ever since his Masters win in 2017, I don't think he made a cut for any major.
1: That's interesting.
0: Which, I, I'm shocked at the pedigree of Sergio Garcia, but um, I, I'm pretty confident he did not after winning the 2017 masters he hasn't made a cut at any major so that that that's something to consider no no no. he's got two
1: he made the u.s open in 2017 and the open in 2017 okay so two yeah so two (laughs) all right that's
0: concerning still needless needless to say one could argue he's due or one can say this is a trend you know, it's kind of where you stand in those kind of things, those nuggets and tidbits. But overall, he ranks 26th in my private model. You know, he's someone I am going to be interested in. It's Sergio Garcia at 7700 It's incredible talent at only $7,700. And, and no names in this 7000 price range really resonate like Garcia's does. So he, he's someone you have to be interested in.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, if you, if you don't want to go to Garcia, just drop down to Stenson. He's the same player, but in better form. Way better form than Stenson. <laughs> Way better form.
0: Next guy I want to mention is Chucky Three Sticks at 7000 He's so cheap at 7000 It's a homecoming for Charles, uh, Charles Howell. He's actually from Augusta, Georgia. So I think there's going to be plenty of motivation for him to perform well here. Um, his best finish, though, was tied for 13th in 2004. And it's been a while since he's played the Masters. But, you know, great recent form, you know, with... A 10 year, uh, you know, year to date, 10 made cuts, and he's 33rd
1: overall in strokes gained. T to green,
0: you like you like Howell? Oh, I love Howell. I think he'll
1: go, I think he's going to go under own this week, unless he gets start starts getting talked up. He's eighth overall in my model, he's 14th in three putt avoid, 20th in driving distance. You know, he, you look at if you people just look at the last five, six years at the Masters, they're going to think, you know, Howell has never played here, that they, they don't know anything about him, they might not know he's from here. Uh, he's in great form. I mean, the guy's been unbelievable. He hasn't missed a cut since November. Um, and then following that, he won the RSM and he's had a couple other top 10 sprinkled in there. And then, you know, 35th of the players uh, across the board. He's been doing pretty well, uh, gaining strokes everywhere, except for on the approach. And even that's trending in the right direction where he's gained strokes. The last two, two tournaments he's played in for seven K a guy who's from, from the area, has played on the course before. I mean, all he has to do is make the cut, and I think he he easily does that this week.
0: Well, the thirty fifth at the Players is encouraging. The fifteenth at the API is encouraging. The fourteenth at WGC
1: Mexico, encouraging. He's the, too cheap. He's too cheap for seven thousand. And there's he's better than a number of players above him. Well, in the last
0: twenty rounds, he's he's gained he's gained positive in every strokes gain category over the last twenty rounds. So there's a lot to love about Howell the third. And in my ignorance, when I started playing PJ DFS, and I still do this, anyone who has, you know, the third after their name, I immediately (laughs) assume they're from England. (laughs) Anybody. So that's just kind of a rule of thumb for me. But obviously I've grown past that. Just same price, another punt option, Keegan Bradley. Yep. If the putter gets going,
1: could steal GPP for everyone. Yep. Although just, it hasn't hasn't gotten going since uh, how you, you uh, can't, can't even find it. You <laughs> can't predict it. You can't predict it. But It's, it's round-based because each, every tournament he loses strokes, but he's got that one or two good rounds in there that keeps him in contention.
0: Now his best putting surface, though, is bent greens. Yep. So yeah. that's encouraging.
1: The last time he gained strokes putting. <laughs> Keep going. It's far. Don't count Sony. Don't count Farmers. It doesn't count.
0: Wow, September yep. 2018 at the BMW,
1: <laughs> and he won, and he won it, and he won it. Of course he did, of course. So he did. you're right, putter gets hot. He's it's game over. Well, also,
0: if you notice, oh, never mind that theory's ruined. But I will say this: lo- losing less than two at the Players, he was in the top 20, and at the WGC Mexico, losing less than two, he was in the top 20. Over two. He missed a cut, and he finished in 46 at the API. So um, it's all about the putter here for Keegan Bradley. And he's su- it's such a tease, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, he was the guy that jumped out at me at 7K. Uh, I mean, he's he's done it. And, and what did he do? He's not really got the greatest course history here, which is kind of concerning. But, you know, 52nd in 2016, 22nd in 2015. Hasn't played here the last two years. I don't know. 7K, you just got to make the cut. And if his putter gets going and he does anything better than that, he's going to return your value. And I I just don't see him being that highly owned this week. Mm -hmm. Who else do you want to talk about? You know, there's not many other guys in the 7K range that I'm going to be on that we haven't mentioned. Uh, If I had to pick one other guy, it's a guy that I just can't get right at 7,400, Webb Simpson. The dude is just my ultimate nemesis that I'm either on him when I shouldn't be or I'm off of him when I should be. Uh, i was heavy on him at the players where he got 16th and then i thought i was all about him and i went even heavier at the valspar and he was uh just a train wreck missed the cut and then i was on him again at the match play because i thought for sure he lined up well for that and then he just destroyed himself and went oh two and one there uh all that being said i'm gonna be right back on him again this week uh, he's made the cut here three of the last five years finishing in the 20s each time for 7400 that's really all you need him to do uh, he's got the upside to do better uh, he's struggling right now around the green, uh, but he's done better in the last five tournaments where he's gained 2.3 strokes. So that's trending in the right direction. Um, I don't think he's going to come in more than 10% owned here, especially over the last terrible showing in this couple weeks. Uh, I'll probably be about 15 to 20% again. And I'm going to hold on to my butt and hope uh, Webb becomes the web that I know he can be. The miscut at the Bellspar doesn't bother you? It does. You know, it does. I was on him there. Uh I thought he lined up well. He didn't. Um, but I think here, again, he has the chance to, do, to turn it around. Gives him a chance to relax and work on some of his game. Missed the cut. Got to get out of there early. Um, to me, he ranks 15th overall in my model, which at 7K is pretty high. Uh, on bent grass greens, he ranks 24th in three-putt avoidance. Um, he ranks pretty well. I mean, across the board for me. For 7,400, a guy who's made the cut here before, who'll come in under-owned, I really think in the 7K range, Especially in the low seven k ranges, where you're going to make your difference in your lineups, uh, and for me, Webb will be a part of that.
0: Well, don't forget, Webb Simpson won the Players last year. Obviously, last year, different time, everything like that. But the guy does have the ability to win big tournaments and, and, and win win this major. Needless to say, but you're right. If he makes the cut, you know the sky's the limit for Webb Simpson. Um, you know other notables that we're not necessarily going to talk about, but I do want to mention in the seven k area, Henrik Stenson. Yep. um cameron smith at 7500 and brandon grace are 7100 you might want to do your research on those guys they could come into play um a little early to make a decision now the dreaded 6k range yeah uh, stay away <laughs> if you can stay I away mean, we got grillo at 6600 and keith mitchell at 6800
1: anyone else interest you you know uh I'll tell you what, and I'm kind of pissed uh, that Charlie Hoffman had such a good round to close out uh, the Valero coming in second today because I was all over him uh, and I really thought he would peak at the Masters. Uh, He hasn't missed a cut here in the last four years. His form is incredibly underpriced, especially now for 6,800. He's also, if you're a better, a a great first round leader bet. Uh, He had the best score here in round one for 2017 and almost did it again in 2018. Uh, If I have to dip dip into into the 6Ks, I'm going to be extremely overweight on Hoffman. Uh, My only concern is the only reason he finished so well today at the Valero and in the past is his putter has been on fire. Uh, So if he can keep that up here, he's going to even be in a better position to put himself on top of the leaderboard. Um, You know, I don't like the 6K range much at all, but if I had to pick one or two guys, Charlie Hoffman's one of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to kind of differentiate. Um, but just with this 6K range, this is awful. I mean, it's I terrible. don't want anything of Aaron Wise. I don't want any of Jimmy Walker. Um, most definitely don't want any Kevin Nah One guy, though, that I potentially could want is a little Lucas Beauregard. Go back to the well there. Yeah, first-timers. He, is a, first, he is a first-timer. I get it. But, hey, if I'm going to punt at the 6K
1: range, why not uh, go big or go home, right? I mean, if, you know, he beat Tiger heads up so that he can handle the pressure, we know that. Uh, if he's going to break the mold of only three guys winning the Masters as being a first-timer, why not be Bear Guard? Oh, Tiger washed up. Uh, already... Yeah, my only other, you know, a guy I think you need to mention here, especially with the wind coming into play. Uh, 6,900 Zach Johnson uh, strong around the green numbers which will, will really help him, his game uh, he's only made the cut 2 to last 5 years but he had a ninth in 2015 T36 here last year uh, for 6,900 I feel like he's overpric- he's underpriced as I have him ranked 29th overall uh, if you're going to punt in the 6k ranges I, I'm not dipping lower than 6,700 this week uh, Johnson will be one of the guys I rotate through alright so that'll do it for the Birdie or Better segment Zach, we to have a little fun.
0: Let's do it. What old guy are we going to be watching
1: on Saturday or Sunday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a great question, and the answer to your question is Fred Couples. You think it's going to be Freddie Couples again? I right? do. Sixty-two hundred, but throw him in some laps. You'll see him on
0: Sunday. God, remember watching Cabrera a few years ago? I, do. I wanted him to win so bad, so <laughs> bad. <laughs>
1: Oh, man, that was yeah, yeah. I you know, there's a couple guys that could make it to, through the weekend, but uh, to me, couples has, has had a couple good a uh, good runs here since his prime. Yeah. You know, if I had to throw a dart at somebody, you know, it's he, he's only what? Missed a once in the last four times he's played here. Yeah. What about Langer? I mean, you think you think Langer can do it again? Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely if he, yeah, you know. I'm gonna go off pattern power here and say he misses the cut, makes it, misses it, makes it, misses it, makes it. He's missing it this week, so no, Langers out. When can we start calling Phil an old guy? That's a good one. That's a good one, because he's gonna win it. He's gonna win one of these years. VJ Singh, yeah, nah. nah. If
0: I have to roster one old guy, I'm going back to Anel. i I just have to. I wanted him to win so bad that year. Just, and, and, and Augusta tailors itself to that, where, where one of these guys can come out and just play a solid game and, and compete. Freddie Couples, though, is you could run out of juice, man.
1: He's yeah, going he's, to
0: he's gonna get to Sunday.
1: He's going to be like, I'm done. What, I, I mean, he's got to at some point. I, mean, I didn't think he could last year, and he made it. I was like, all right,
0: another I, guy. I think it's a perfect reason not to go with him. He'll, he'll, he'll get through an MDF. He's like, forget it. I'm not going to win anyway
1: you know if we're gonna dip down to this this awful 60 60 what do you think of satoshi kadara t28 here last year 6300 terrible. terrible 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 form but he did come in 37th at the valspar he's such a bad
0: putter <laughs>
1: he's he's such I a mean, bad such player. a bad player <laughs> yeah exactly but if you got to go down this low do you go with an old-timer or do you go with a guy who made the cut last year t-28
0: i mean i think i want to go with the guy i want to watch on sunday so no offense to satoshi but i i i he does have more pga tour wins though than tommy fleetwood he's got one (laughs) he's got one
1: he won the RBC Heritage. Remember that? But do you know that his third best finish in his entire PGA Tour was last year's Masters? That's it. <laughs>
0: Load him up in every lineup. Too bad he's going to finish in second because he's from Japan and no
1: one from that? Japan's ever won the Masters. It'll, yeah, it'll, it'll be... be him and uh, Matsuyama two three. Oh, that'll be a fun, you know, <laughs> you know, nineteenth hole in a playoff with John
0: Rahm drinking plenty of sake. <laughs> All right, lineup builds. What are you going to do this week? I know it's early and, and it's hard to really tackle that, but, um, you know, for me, I, I'm not going to go that Stars and Scrubs approach, but it's, it's, it, it's going to be the top heavy balance build. That, that, that's really what is going to work for me. And it's going to be a little chalky in spots. I'll try to differentiate elsewhere, but, um, I really, 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 really think that's just the best opportunity and approach. You need to avoid that Stars and Scrubs. I don't want anyone in the 6K range. Yeah. Uh, except for Satoshi. Yeah.
1: You know, I'm a Stars and Scrubs lineup build connoisseur. I, I love it. I just can't do it here. I, I usually can can nail the guys in the 6K ranges, but this week I, I, I'm not confident in almost anyone in that range. So uh, I'm with you. It's going to be a top-heavy, upper nines, uh, maybe one or two guys in the upper nines, some guys in the lower eights, and then a bunch of seventy five hundred guys. I just can't figure out another way to make it work, unless the wind really forces me into a Stars and Scrubs build. It'll be it'll be mostly balanced for me. Yeah, it'll be it'll be key to watch that weather. So, all right, any last thoughts, Nuggets tidbits? No, I'm excited, man. This is this is great. This is almost as much fun as building the lineups for the match play. Uh, a good major with a great field. Uh, I think. You know it'll be different than we've seen the last like five or six weeks, where the six to six percentage this week is going to be through the roof. I think we'll see, you know, anywhere between 13 and 18 uh, percent of six to six making it through the cut for the weekend, uh, which is much better than the five and eight percent we've been seeing. So, you know, just because you guys get six to sixes this week, it's going to be a sweat all the way to Sunday to even cash. So, you know, make sure you're paying good attention to the weather, uh, the, t- the good tee time draws, and and really really focus in your research this week. All right, well, that'll wrap it up for the cut
0: line in our analysis of the Masters Tournament. Make sure you check us out next week as we break down the RBC Heritage Open. Zach Manaford is my co-host, and you can find him on Twitter at EaglesFan83. I'm Mike Cavalunas. You can find me at Lunas on Twitter. Get those builds a-rolling. Get those birdies, eagles, albatrosses, and aces. Thanks for listening. Let's see some winners. Go and get them.